Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's going on, guys? It's your boy, Anthony, back with another edition of the Fourth Man Podcast. And it's been a minute. It's been since April 4th, to be exact, since we've had an episode. It's been a challenging offseason, as I'm sure we're all aware. There hasn't been a ton of updates, but I think there's some reasons and logic behind that, maybe just some behind-the-scenes things. But really excited to be back. We've got a great episode for you. If you've read the title of this, you understand that there's actually going to be an interview on the back end, which has been part of the challenge and part of the reason I haven't had an episode in a in a couple of months, I guess now at this point. But we do have an interview today. Alongside that, we have a ton of updates to share with you from the big three side. We had the draft that went on, have an update on the schedule. The week one matchups are out. So we're going to discuss all of that on the first episode half of this episode. And then on the back half, we're going to have an interview with one of the newest members in the big three, Javier Carter. But before we get into all that, as always, make sure you guys are following on all socials. Really, that's where a lot of the information is being passed along. I'm updating everybody at, uh, so whether it's Instagram or Twitter, make sure you're following at Fourth Man Pod. Again, everything from a visual standpoint, um, if you want to see all the episodes, want to see players' reactions, not super crazy or anything, but if you're more of a visual person, you like YouTube better, Make sure you're following along and subscribing at youtube.com slash fourth man pod or the fourth man podcast on YouTube. And as always, a big shout out and a big thank you to Believe Network, who makes a lot of this happen, you know, on the production side. And, you know, one of the biggest reasons that we're able to have the show and continue to discuss with the love we have for the big three. So first off, it's June 14th today as I'm recording this. That means we have about 11 days. Two Sundays to go, two Sundays, including the day of, to go before the start of season six, back on tour. Uh, and I'm just super stoked for it. I'm excited. I'm really getting into this, you know, feeling the energy a little bit more. There's been a lot of good things happening, whether the players are ramping up. We've seen a lot of good Drew Week performances lately. Actually, a couple from Javier's teammates. Dominique Johnson and Frank Nitty, they just had some stellar performances in the Drew. So big shouts out to them. Frank also had a new shoe release, his own player exclusive shoe with Jordan. That's pretty dope. Big shout out to Frank, always doing big things and really, you know, just creating his own path, his own journey, which is always cool to see. Um, a lot of players getting back from overseas. A lot of other players are hooping in the Drew, doing their thing or hooping in these other leagues, whether it's in Texas. We've seen Gerald Green. And the NEPL League, I don't know if that's how you say it, but that's the acronym for it. And they have the Swin City League in Dallas. So a bunch of different leagues going on. I saw those guys are preparing for what should be one of the more leveled playing field seasons that we've had in recent history, I think. I think this is about as leveled as it gets. But before we get into the interview with Javier, let's talk a little bit and catch up. I mean, it's it's been a minute. And by the way, this is supposed to be yellow. This is supposed to be for Killer Threes and Javier, and I can I cannot get this thing to the lighting to be right. It, it's looking a little orange. Am I am I right? Maybe peach. It's yellow. Okay, it's yellow. Just know this is this is a Killer Threes episode essentially because I've already talked about Frank and Dominique, and I got Javier on the back end. So 
It's yellow. We're trying to represent, but we're not doing a great job. But anyways, let's catch up. It's been a minute. Let's first go into the draft. Kind of some weird circumstances there, right? I mean, I, I think a lot of, of you who are listening to this probably got a chance to see the mock draft that I put up pretty much the day before. Or, man, I'm actually, it was, I think it was the day of of the actual draft. I didn't have any information, just like a lot of you, on who the available players were going to be, what the draft order was until right before everything went down. You know, I, I knew that the combine had been changed. Ultimately, that actually got canceled at the last minute. So nobody, unfortunately, got to showcase their skills to any of these captains, which makes everything, you know, I know there's some politics involved in this, but at, at this point, it kind of is more of a political thing because there was no com combine, unfortunately. But that to be said, I think people have been trying to showcase themselves in leagues that they play on, play in, and everything's about networking at the end of the day. So it was unfortunate there was no combine, but didn't didn't know that the combine was canceled until I think the day before or the day of. And then I didn't even know who the players were right up to there, but a couple of anonymous sources were able to come through for me and I was able to make that mock draft last minute. Um, and then we got the draft and I didn't even think it was going to be broadcasted. In fact, what I really thought, sorry. In fact, what I really thought is that it was going to be one of those things where they're just kind of, you know, like in fantasy where they do like the, the 24 hour mock draft, you have like 24 hours to make a selection. I thought it was going to be kind of a condensed version of that where like they were going to just be picking all day, but Ice Cube randomly comes out and says, Hey, we're going to have a draft showing on Instagram live on Twitter. And it's going to be tonight at 9 p.m. or 6 p.m. PST, 9 p.m. Eastern. So, shocker, I would have had a draft show or something for that. I was I was gearing up for it, but I didn't know anything about it. So, you know, my fault for not coming through on that. I had a couple of players lined up for it, had the, the usual guys lined up for it, and just didn't know about it in time. But still, it was cool to see that we had a draft. It was a little wonky. I think they were trying to figure it out on their end. Uh, from an Instagram and Twitter standpoint of like, do we simultaneously do this? Do we do like one pick on one side and one pick on the other? And they had interviews with some of the players and captains. So it was just kind of all over the place. And 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 just from my perspective, I think the biggest reason why they're doing some of the things the way they are, whether it's keeping some people in the dark, not having a ton of news up front, doing the draft show the way they did. I think this is a season where like they're having to cut costs a little bit. They're they're trying to properly spend their budget. You know, they've balled out for five seasons and that's even coming off a year in 2020 when they didn't get to have a season, when they didn't get to make any revenue, you know? So I think this is a year where they're kind of cutting costs back as much as they can, but also to trying to put costs and budget into the more exciting, entertaining parts about the big three, part of that being the tour, right? So I think they had a lot of money went into the different stadiums they rented out. And unfortunately, that's the way things went down. Nonetheless, a draft happened, 20 guys were selected. The, the draft order was pretty much, I, I mentioned this on the mock draft, but they were the same for the first and second round, which is pretty rare, but in a way kind of cool the way they did it. I mean, it was inverse orders of the standings last year. So worst team got the first pick and best team got the last pick, or I guess the third best team got the last pick because power and trilogy, my goodness, the champs, you know, they, they went they ran their teams back. Power just made a small switch up to their, their, so captain, not a small switch up. It's a, it's a huge addition to their team and they kill Mitchell, but they just made a change of co-captain. So there was no need, no need to draft anybody. They weren't going to let go of Flynn Rice Jr. or TJ Klein, which makes a lot of sense because of what they did last year. But I didn't want to go through the whole draft. I mean, I'll go through 
obviously the picks and everything. DeWan Summers was the number one pick. Makes a lot of sense. The reigning fourth man of the year. He was the probably the most coveted player off the board. But even like some things within here, I mean, like I didn't know that Larry Sanders was going to be available. I didn't know he's going to be dropped as a co-captain. Or I'm sorry, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't know he's going to be dropped as a co-captain for Tri-State and then ultimately be back in the draft pool. As we now know, Deshaun Stevens is the new co-captain at Tri-State. The Larry, Larry Sanders was available. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense why he went early. I mean, it makes a lot of sense why Ryan Hollins went early too. This is I've said this time and time again, year after year, that big men are highly coveted in this uh, in the draft pool, and a lot of that is because one, there's not a ton of size. Two, you want versatility. But three, you definitely want bigs that can protect the rim. They can rim run. They can go up for lobs. And I think. Ryan Hollins has shown year in and year out, whether you like it or not, that he can do that. I mean, there was one game he was absolutely dominating. I want to say Bivouac, dominating them, just catching lobs from Jeremy and, and Gennaro Pardo. That makes a lot of sense why Bivouac wanted to add him um, and, you know, add him to Gerald Green's squad. Larry Sanders, same thing. I think they, uh, Iso Joe and Pardo brothers, like the idea of what Ryan Hollins got to the table last year. So they brought in Larry Sanders, who can, Maybe do a little bit more defensively, maybe a little even a little bit more offensively, but definitely definitely bring it that same lob threat that Ryan Hollins brought you last year. So it makes a lot of sense why they went with those picks. But we saw a lot of staples and big three experience go through early in the draft. We saw Quincy Miller, Darnell Jackson uh, go to enemies and ghost ballers. I was trying to figure out a way to word that, but horrible, horrible uh, setup for that. Quincy Miller went to enemies, so he gets to join his boy, Isaiah Austin. And that was the only new addition that they made outside of bringing Jordan Crawford back, who wasn't there for the whole year, who they drafted in the second round. And then Darnell jo Jackson, Dominique Johnson, both been, went back to their original teams and Ghost Ballers and Killer Threes. We also saw four new guys go in the first round. Yeah, we had Hollis Thompson, the Threes Company, Devin Ebanks, the Tri-State, Giannis Tima to Aliens, and Jordan Adams to Three-Headed Monsters to round up the first round. Then in the second round, we saw where, as we usually do, more chances were taken on some of the newer guys within the league. Jalen Johnson went with Ballhawk. So Ballhawk's looking like a legitimate, you know, playoff contender this year with the addition. They added a young big who can stretch the floor. You can play, play in the paint. A huge paint presence there. Damian Wilkins, I think he's the nephew of Dominique Wilkins, added the triplets. He's been in the draft pool, I think, last year and wasn't selected. This year he goes. Shannon Shorter is also new to the league. He's going to join Bivouac and Gerald Green and Garland Green and, and Corey Brewer and that squad. Ch Chuck Garcia, new, new to the league as well. He's joining Ghost Ballers. He's looking like – I know there's a lot of hype around him, and I know that's probably because Ghost Ballers is probably the most active when it comes to social media, but he's looking like a, 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 just from what I've seen, an early contender maybe for that rookie of the year spot. Just I mean, that's – just what he brings, like he be able to stretch the floor, play in the paint. It looks like he can score all three levels. I'm kind of excited about what Chuck Garcia is going to bring to this this uh, Ghost Ballers team. I think he brings a lot of versatility as well. Uh, Eric Moreland then went for Three's company. That's now it's very well known that he ended up opting out. Um, he was thinking about playing on the fence, was selected, ultimately decided not to play. So they've actually filled his position. I just put this up recently on Instagram which is why you should be following if you don't know yet. But Julian Wright will take his place, so he's going to return to the team, making Hollis Thompson the only new addition to Three's company. 
And then to round out the draft, we had Ray Nixon return to his old team. Javier Carter, who's our guest today, joining Killer Threes as their only new addition. Alonzo G joined the Aliens as the only American-born player on that team. So that's gotten very European more than it was last year. Then Robert Dozier rounding out the entire draft, making it to where now Threes Company has two new or I said three companies, three headed monsters has two new players to round out the trio of Richard Lewis, Kevin Murphy, and Reggie Evans. So pretty, pretty uh, exciting draft. I think there was a lot of balance within here. I I'm looking at this as like winners and losers mostly. I mean, there's a ton of good additions within here. I really like what Tri-State did, you know, adding Deshaun Stevens as one of their co-captains, bringing in Devin Ebanks, who had a ton of success in the NBA, especially with the Lakers. And then bringing back Ray Nixon, who ended the season with a bang last year. I want to make – I feel like Tri-State's a big winner in this one. I want to say the other big winner, just off just off rip here, I want to say it's Ballhawks. You get DeWan Summers, who I I believe was the best player in this draft pool. I guess Ballhawks thought the same, like he was going to be a good fit. And then I really like the youth they brought and the size they brought in Jalen Johnson. I – I know they have a ton of bigs right now. They have Jeff Ayers on that team. Jalen Johnson, DeWan Summers is, you know, he's a wing, but he's a big dude as well. But putting all the, I think size is definitely what they need because they have their two lead guards and Jody Meeks and Leandro Barbosa. And as long as Barbosa comes back really healthy, I think this is going to be a strong, legitimate team. And then Tri-State, like I said, with Ebanks and Nixon, adding to Sean Stevens. Like, I think it was a really strong offseason for a team that's been the number one seed two years ago. Just missed the playoffs last year. I think they're set up for a really good run as well. Biggest losers? There really weren't too many losers. I would say Three's Company. It's unfortunate that they drafted somebody and then the player ends up opting out. You know, there's no fault of anyone's there. It's just the way things went. But it is unfortunate that when you select somebody, they they ultimately end up not being, you know, on your team. Still picking up Julian Wright, bringing him back to a team that was gelling at the end of last year, I think is still good news. But I would have to consider them a loser here. The other loser here, I don't know if there really is a loser. I don't know. It's, it's tough for me to say. I guess I would say I would say Bivlac, but I say that like very hesit like hesitantly, only because I've never been crazy. Yeah, well, and maybe this is by the disrespect that I'm bringing, but like I've never been someone who's ever mocked Ryan Hollins to the team. Mainly because I, I do think he is a great lob threat. I think he's someone that you can throw the ball up to the rim and he's going to be able to catch anything. But I think he has his limitations. So taking him third overall, I think you had to because of, you didn't want to wait for him to go back to the first round. He was going to get selected somewhere, I think, as I should have expected. And what's happened time and time again, I think he was going to get selected before their next pick. But having to take him so early, I don't know if I'm crazy about that. Uh, and that. You know, uh, I thought they were going to bring in John Jordan. I really, because John Jordan's played with Gerald Green right now. They end up bringing Shannon Shorter. So it's more of just me not not really knowing what Shannon Shorter brings to the table. It looks like he's had a really good career overseas. So I'm really excited for them to prove me wrong, those, both those, like, so-called losers. But overall, I thought everyone had a pretty decent draft. Everyone had a really good offseason, I think. I think the most intriguing team, again, is going to be a team like Aliens and then also three-headed monsters. Aliens because they just so their new co-captain, we as we know from the last episode, Carlos Lasmanis is opting to play with a and and received a, a huge opportunity to play 
with a team in China. So he's going to be in China this year, not playing in the big three. So as his replacement, they brought, and I, I hope I'm not butchering this too bad, but Kostya Mushidi, who's a German a German guy. He, he's a young player. Uh, I've seen him play a lot of five on five. He's played some three on three, apparently. I'm not exactly sure what he brings to the table. It looks like he can shoot really well. Like he looks like a really strong shooter. It looks like he can get to the cup. Um, not really sure what he's going to bring to the table. But then you include Giannis Tima in there, who another European-born player. And then you bring in a big three vet like Alonzo G. I'm not really sure what to expect. I'm not really sure who fills the role of necessarily like Deshaun Stevens. Like, I think they have a great big in Evo set. I think he showcased that, especially at the end of last year. He can kind of do it all from a facilitator to a scorer, rebounder. <clears throat> but he doesn't bring the same athleticism, I think, that Deshaun will, has, which I think they'll miss. And defensively, I wonder what that, that means, too. Like, Mushidi is, like, I think he, like, from what I've seen, he looks very athletic, but he's not as big as Deshaun. I think he's, like, he's a lanky guy, but he's not as big. So, I mean, maybe he can bring that same high-flying presence, catch balls from Deshaun, uh, you know, be a better wing defender, maybe, which is what they want more of. But I'm not exactly sure what I'm going to get. And then with three-headed monsters, I mean, it's not super – it's not that I find them, like, super intriguing. Like, you know what you're going to get. Like, I'm excited that they get Reggie Evans back. You know what you're going to get from the big three MVP, Richard, or Richard Lewis, Kevin Murphy, and then former MVP, first MVP ever in Richard Lewis. Uh, but you had two new additions to your team. I think Jordan Adams and Kevin Murphy, like, that sounds like a pretty dominant backcourt, just what I've seen from Jordan Adams. And then – Based off what I've heard about Rob Dozier is that he's kind of Reggie Evans-esque, except he can pop out a little bit more. So, I mean, like, I'm pretty stoked to see what both those teams bring, you know, if it's really good plays or maybe not what they expected. But I mean, I'm intrigued by both those teams, you know, definitely got caught my interest. Definitely some games I'll be, like, tapping into and thinking about a little bit more. But ultimately, that's how the draft went, uh, regardless of how smooth the actual – Visual aspect was guys were alerted that they were drafted and and they're going to be on some teams. And I'm excited that these teams are rounded out. That's always my favorite part too. And I don't know. I'm, I'm excited for June 25th in Chicago. It's going to be a fun time. They also released the week one matchups. And excuse me, I'm on a different computer trying to look at some of this stuff. Actually, before we get into the week one matchups, let me update everybody on, if you haven't heard already, I think some people have heard because they bought tickets to this event and then ultimately ended up getting canceled. But week three was supposed to be in New York at the Arthur Ashe Tennis Center. It was supposed to be outside. Ultimately, they canceled that event. And now they're still going to be playing in New York, but it's going to be at the Barclays Center, which is like I talk about like a, a you know, plan B, second option. Like you get to play at the Barclays. Like that's insane. Like that's that's dope. I, I don't want to say it's, it's cooler than Arthur Ashe because like the idea of playing outside Sounds really dope and just like something like a different experience for a league that's only trying to do something different year in and year out. But playing at the Barclays Center, like, yes, sir, like sign me up. Like, I'm still going to do that, too. The reason I think they ended up canceling that, and this is just my opinion, my perspective, but I was actually talking to my wife about this and she brought up some good points as well. Is that first off, again, when we're talking about a, a league that is trying to save money, trying to make sure everything goes well, trying to have a really successful season, you can't afford the risk of the weather factor and what comes into play there. Like, imagine if this event ends up being on a day when rain comes into play. Like, they're obviously going to have to cancel the event. 
You don't know how, you know, it's going to happen. You're already in a short season. So from a rescheduling purpose, it's going to be really tough, especially if these games are usually going to be on Sundays. So you don't want to risk this event being canceled. Add in the fact that there was just a wildfire in New York and Canada and the uncertainty that that's bringing uh, on every day. I mean, the, the cloud, the sky was literally orange the day after because of everything that's happened, uh, you know, up north over there. I don't think they wanted to, to risk there being any issues with this going down. We're trying to have the most successful season year in and year out. We're trying to make sure that this tour, this tour life gets back on the right foot, picks up where season three left off. You don't want to take any risks there. I think that's a lot of what everything had to do with it. Also, too, adding the fact that I was talking about budget saving, imagine not only having this venue at Arthur Ashe, but then having to tailor it to and recreate this into a basketball arena when it's normally fitted and configured for tennis, right? So that's going to probably cost you a little extra money as well. I think all those factors came into play. Maybe the people at the top think and say, hey, like let's not even like take these risks. Like, I don't think the return on investment is going to be there. Let's do this a little bit differently. Let's have a more solidified event at a great venue still. And let's just have a good time there. So Barclays Center is going to be for week three. That's my idea of why they're doing this. And hey, again, plan B being the Barclays Center, I'm, I'm cool with it. Like, sign me up. Last thing I want to talk about, and I want to get to our interview. You guys can hear me shut up and we can actually hear from someone who's playing in the league, someone doing the league, and Javier Carter. Just want to get into these week one matchups real quick. Got trilogy and enemies. Oh, by the way, we're gonna get six games in one day every time. So like, I've already like blocked off like as many Sundays as I can for about I guess six hours. Like I get to watch basketball for six hours. And if you go to these events, I don't know how much tickets are. They're not crazy expensive when I went. But if you go to and, and for you owner holders, like you're not even paying anything. You own the team or whatever. You own a portion of the team. But if you are just buying a ticket, just want to get it's, if the the league is stopping in your in your neighborhood, again six games for the price of one ticket, and you're probably going to get some kind of performance from somebody. Is my hope, if at least at the very least from Ice Cube. So, you know, talk about a deal right there. I talk about this every year, but the deal doesn't get any sweeter than that. But six games in one day. We got trilogy enemies, triplets, Biblet, power three headed monsters, aliens, ball hogs, ghost ballers, and threes company. Two or threes in Tri-State. A couple of games that stand out to me. One, I think Trilogy and Enemies is a really interesting one. I feel like I always try to be very optimistic about Enemies. I really think that Enemies has a better shot this year. They had a solid team last year. Elijah Stewart got an opportunity, had to step away from the team for a little bit. Then they, they added some new pieces to the team. There was kind of like guys in and out. And Elijah left at a time when they were just coming off a big win. Like they had some momentum rolling. So I think this year they add in Quincy, who was a big factor, a big reason why the Monsters made the playoffs once again last year, get a really solid season in his first year, bring back the guys that you already had, and then, you know, have Jordan Crawford for a full year this time rather than maybe just a couple games. Like, I like what, what they're doing. They're not a team that plays, like, super, super big anyways, but adding Quincy, who can not only get a bucket at any time, but he's also lanky and tall dude as well. Like, he's, like, 6'10", 6'11". Like, yeah, I think they got a, a good solid team. And then you get to go against the defending champs who have proved time and time again, doesn't matter if it's Jared Jack at the helm, doesn't matter if James White is your captain. They're going to get the job done and they're going to they're going to run through you and they're going to make it tough on you. That being said, 
Defending champs are two and two on the year. And Trilogy is 0-2 as defending champs and their week one matchup. So something maybe to keep an eye out on. I think that'll be a fun matchup. Triplets and Bivlac, they were the week one matchup back in 2021. And Triplets is coming off their championships championship season in 2019. They were actually one of the teams that won coming off a championship and they beat Bivlac, totally different Bivlac squad now. But that should be a fun one because we get the return of Iso Joe, who took a little bit of a hiatus last year, but he's back. Like, really, really good, not only to see him back in the league, but I think a really good sign for the league moving forward. Power and three-headed monsters is a rematch of last year's crazy but phenomenal semifinal matchup where Glenn Lyers Jr. hit a crazy three at the end of that game. Let's go rewatch that actually right now. That's that's like a that's an all-timer in this league. Aliens ball hogs. I, I told you a lot of team with intrigue is aliens. I, I have a lot of expectations for ball hogs this year. Like I think this is going to be a pretty solid team. I don't know if everyone in the league feels the same. I've heard a couple of people say they're not crazy about ball hogs still, or they don't know. I shouldn't say crazy. They don't know if they're a playoff team still to this point, but I think this is a chance for them to solidify themselves and get up to a hot start. And then for aliens, still a lot of intrigue, but still high expectations. You made the first playoffs last year. Time to build off that. Those ballers and threes company, Mike, Taylor at the helm. It's crazy to think that Mike Taylor was a third round pick in 2019. Then he was it 2019? 2019. And he came on our show, told us he wanted to be a captain, got to be a co-captain in 2021, been doing his thing, was an all-star last year. And now, and, and thank you, Ricky Davis, obviously, like a huge contributor and uh, a big staple to the Ghost Baller franchise forever and ever. But to see Mike Taylor now taking over as captain. You bring back a big piece in Darnell Jackson, adding another big piece in Chuck Garcia, and you go and get three's company with Mario Chalmers, Michael Beasley, a team that was really figuring it out last year, and they're adding uh, an NBA veteran and Hollis Thompson to the squad with to a team that was already gelling, and, and if they were that same team all year long, probably would have had a much better record than they actually did. Beasley's, hey, Beasley's not, like, I guess, a rookie anymore. Like, he's He's familiar with how the league goes. He's familiar with his teammates. I think Brandon Rush is going to have a much better season. And I'm excited to see. I'm excited to see this matchup. And then Killer Threes and Tri-State. I mean, two greedy teams. Two teams that are fighting to get back to the playoffs. Two teams that are looking to prove themselves, I think, a little bit this year coming off seasons where it's a little bit of a different, different course to the end, but ultimately finishing at the – at the same stop there, you know, Tri-State with a really hot start, Kiwi 3 is having to kind of work their way back for a second straight year. I think this is crucial for both teams. Kiwi 3 is, I'm sure, wants to get off to a really good start this year and not to play so much catch-up and see what, you know, kind of fate holds in store. And then for Tri-State, you know, getting off to a hot start and maintaining that throughout the year and trying to be that number one seed again. So some really entertaining games here. Like, I'm excited as hell for all of these matchups. Power and three-headed monsters is one I'm keeping my eye on. And I think Killer Threes and Tri-State is the other one. Like, I think those are the, the biggest ones that, like, I, I'm pretty stoked for. But all the games are going to be good. Like, I, I'm I should say I'm excited to see all the games. I'm excited to see all the new guys join this league. But I think those are going to be ones that are, like, highlighted, prioritized a little bit more. I don't even know how I'm going to prioritize a little bit more at this point, honestly. Like, I'm be, I'm be locked in, like, on all of them. Like I, I really am. I'm I'm gonna be sitting on 
sitting at the table, sitting on the couch, whatever the case may be, updating you guys on what's going on. I'm be locked in. I'm be jumping up and down, hyped up. It's gonna be it's gonna be fun. Um, we're gonna have some bring the fires, <laughs> some guys, some new guys in it, some experienced guys taking on some new guys, some new guys taking on some experienced guys. Like, like let's see if this is your offense can get it done more than defense. I don't know. Gonna be crazy. Should be a good time. Those are your week one matchups, though. That's what what it's gonna look like in Chicago. So, and somebody, if, if you get to go to Chicago, let me know how it goes. Like, I'd love to have you on the show and talk about your experience here, hear what you gotta say, hear your opinion. And your thoughts on the uh, the event as a whole. I, I find that pretty interesting. I think the rest of us would too that actually don't get to be there. So anyways, all that being said, that wraps up the first half of this interview. Again, I want to say a big shout out, a big thank you to Believe Network. I also want to say make sure you're following on social media. So make sure you're following at Fourth Man Pod, Instagram, Twitter, and then also to subscribing and hitting that notification bell on the YouTube side of things. You'll get to see all upcoming interviews. Hopefully we get to go to events this year. I, I've talked about this for a long time. I really want to do some kind of like day in the life. Uh, day in the life sounds so cliche. I really just want to show like my experience and like anybody's experience from a personal sp- perspective of like going to the big three and just kind of what it entails, you know, like the, the journey there, the experience, and then, you know, the wrap up. So, you know, if you want to see that, I will make it to a big three game. Let me just let me just put it that way. I will make it to a big three game. But if you want to see that later this year, make sure you subscribe and hit that notification bell so you know when that comes out. I don't know which game yet. I'm thinking Miami. I could be wrong. Thinking DC for the playoffs because that's the first time they're going to DC. But all that all that being said, let me shut up. I appreciate everyone who's tuned into this episode. Let's get into the episode with new edition of Killer Threes, Javier Carter. All right. It's been a minute since we've had a player interview, but today on the show, we're super excited to welcome a longtime overseas professional basketball player and a vet and also Killer Three second round draft pick of this year's 2023 Big Three draft, Javier Carter. Again, appreciate you, Javier, for coming on the show and uh, welcome to the league. No problem. Uh, no, I appreciate you, man. Uh, I'm excited, bro. Um, see how this goes, see how the league goes and uh, have some fun this summer. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, a lot of uh, new faces in the league this year. We saw about 10 new guys get drafted into the league this year, which is super exciting just because we get to see a continued amount of talented players out there, like not only get to play in their, you know, their home country, but also too, just to get to show their, like showcase their skills and really just show the showcase like other skill sets outside of just NBA basketball. But just so we can kind of get to know each other better, let's start with a little icebreaker here. Uh, would you rather never watch a basketball game again and only be able to play or only play basketball, but never be able to watch another game again. Uh, I'd rather play, bro. You cool yeah, with not gotta, watching for the rest of your life? Yeah. Yeah. I got to play, man. I got to play. <laughs> Fair enough. I feel like sure. that's most people's answer. Yeah. Second aspect of this is how'd you get the name air? I see Javier air Carter on there. I was trying to look through some old interviews and that would seem to be your nickname. How'd you get that nickname? Oh man. Uh, I still got, I still got bounced, bro. But back back in college and uh, finishing up high school, I just was. I used to fly, bro. I, I was uh, probably like a buck seventy, a buck eighty five, um, and I would just fly, bro. So uh, I got the nickname back then, uh, and I just, I mean, I still been catching bodies to the day. So I just kept the moniker Eric Carter. Um, it's just now it's a little more vet. This is a it's a it's a vet game rather than just 
crazy high flying like it was when I was 18, 19. Yes, sir. I've been watching some recent highlights of your games in Japan and definitely still seeing you catching bodies over there. But also, too, who gave you that nickname? And oh man, I couldn't, I couldn't tell you. Uh, it's been a minute. Um, probably, probably some some homies from high school or, or you know what I'm saying. Okay. One of these mm -hmm. little like uh, little programs that you playing during the summer or something. Somebody said it and it just stuck. Yeah, it's crazy the origin of some nicknames because it's like one person says it and then everybody's like, yeah, that's dope. Like, let me just call yeah. it that too. And then everybody yeah. just starts calling you that. <laughs> um, yeah. You've played a lot of places. You've not only played here in the States and in the, the D-League, the G-League, but you've also played in a bunch of different countries. Where's been your favorite country to play in so far? Oh, man. Uh, I guess I can say Japan since I've been there the longest. Uh, out of my 10-year career, I've been in Japan for four. So okay. I guess you can say uh, Japan, living-wise, I really enjoyed Israel. It was nice, man. Uh, just the country itself, living on the water and everything like that. The weather was perfect all year. So like that, uh, I would say. Okay, cool, cool. And just so you know, I'm half Japanese, so I've had the opportunity to go to Japan a little bit. Just saw that you finish up your season in Japan. What would you say is your favorite country or favorite part about playing in Japan, or not even just playing, just being in Japan? And then what would you say is not so much your favorite part of being in Japan? Oh, man. Uh, the one thing I can say, starting off just negatively, just the time difference, man. Uh, being that that far away from family sometimes, you can't really uh, talk to them how you want to talk to them all the time. And while you're sleeping, they're waking up and uh, they can't catch all your games. My pops is one of my biggest fans, so he can't catch all the games he wants and uh, stuff like that. And they don't live stream the game. You kind of got to have a uh app from over in japan to watch the b-league games but uh other than that man I, I enjoy it bro um one of the best things about playing in japan to me is uh just seeing the growth of the league um i've been out there since 2019 um and you can definitely see like this growth and skill level the growth in the people that like the players that they're bringing in the growth in the local players uh it's just all getting better and better um so i mean overall that's yeah, that's one of the best places I played. That's cool. Yeah, you see in a lot of these top tier leagues, like a lot of people just starting to to really not only the the league itself, like continuing to find ways to grow, but also too just a lot more respect that the players have and now coming over and like really wanting to challenge themselves a little bit more and playing these in these bigger types of leagues. So that's cool. Um, the reason I asked that question is I just brought my wife over to Japan for the first time about a month ago. She was not a fan of the food. I was hyping up the food and she was not crazy about it. But uh, nah, it, it depends. It depends on what you like to eat, man. I, I cook a lot, so okay. Uh, yeah, I'm 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 Latino and black, so I, okay. I make a lot of like uh Latin foods and and Hispanic foods and stuff like that. Uh, but I cook a lot, and uh, when I do go out to eat, they they got places where you can go out and feel like you're eating at home. But then if you don't like like sushi and and a lot of rice and stuff like that, you're probably not gonna like it too much. Yeah, yeah. She always yeah. tells me it's just not her palate. She's big on Mediterranean foods, like Spanish yeah. food. She, you know, she's like big about Spain and like uh, yeah. she's a Spanish teacher, flavors so. and flavors and stuff for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not crazy yeah. about eating rice all the time too, which is like a you know a daily at the house, whether it's like yeah. lunch or dinner. So I'm sure you understand that. What I thought was yeah, cool too is that your wife spends a lot of time or actually travels with you when you play overseas, especially in Japan. Yeah. Talk yeah. about just like having that support over there because not a yeah, lot of players so. get that support. It's just it's dope, man. Uh, I spent some time in my in my career just being overseas by myself, so it's a complete difference. Uh, it just make you feel a little more at home. You don't feel as uh, detached from reality. Uh, I have my son with me too. Um, he's eight months, so 
I was, you know what I'm saying? It was, it was dope to just be there with my family and uh, just be able to enjoy the life that we make we make for our families, but actually with our families, you know what I'm saying? Because a lot of players yeah. uh, are overseas by themselves, um, and it makes it tougher to just stay and, and do your job. But when your family's with you, um, you can come home and see them, and it kind of feels a little bit more like home, even though you're far mm -hmm. away. Yeah, for sure. Huge sacrifice too, but really cool to see, you know, like, like you said, trying to make a life for them, but also too, just for them to like get out of their comfort zone a little bit and go to a whole new country is, yeah. is pretty insane. Um, yeah, they like coming to the games. Yeah. They like coming to the games too. So it's dope <laughs> to see them in the stands, even though we don't really pay attention to the stands much while we playing, we be kind of focused, but it's dope to have them there. Yeah. You're sound like to see you catch bodies now at an early age. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> he gets to see it. <laughs> for sure. Well, you, you're a vet. You've been in this game a long time, been in this community for a long time. Uh, very traveled, traveled road, especially to get to this point in the big three where you're now having the opportunity to play in your home country. And uh, Well, you're, you're, you said you're Latino and black, so you're also Panamanian, yeah. but get to yeah. play in, here in the States uh, where more people get to see, like you said, hopefully your, your dad gets to see you maybe in person this summer. Um First, let's start with, like, how did you find out about the Big Three opportunity? And is the league something that you've kind of been uh, keeping up with for a little while or something new to you? Uh, yeah, I've been keeping up. I got I got a lot of homies that's been playing in it. Uh, one of my ex-teammates and, and a friend of mine, Earl Clark, he played for uh, uh, the champions last season. Mm -hmm. um, we played together in the G League. So he's a super cool dude down to earth, man. Uh, a couple of my homies played. Uh, Deshaun, uh, Dominique Johnson. Just a, just a, I got a Justin Dimon. I got a bunch of homies who played uh, Isaiah Austin. Uh, so just seeing them play, I got to watch uh, a lot of the games. Were all most of the games were in Dallas last year, and I'm from Dallas. Uh, okay. So yeah, I got to pull up to watch some of the games and uh, kind of got interested and in, and in to see like uh, uh, what the opportunity would be like to play. Um, I train at a gym uh, here, um, where I, I met Nancy and and her son TJ. Uh, and we were training and, and whatnot. So I got to talk to them a little bit about it, uh, get their insight about just the league and stuff like that. So, yeah, it's it's uh, it's interesting, bro, and I'm ready to, ready to see what's up. Your homies are a bunch of killers in this league right now, so it'd be cool to yeah, see you man. against them. Yeah, or bro, one of them's your teammates. A, yeah, it's a small <laughs> world, bro. Uh, that's that's actually how I got connected with the Killer Threes uh, through Dominique Johnson. Super cool dude, man, down to earth. Uh, we just start talking, and he's like, yo, what do, what do you think about playing? And so he hooked me up with Frank, and uh, we just start talking about it and figured it out. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. Like, um, I didn't even know if Dominique would be available for the Killer Threes, but the fact that he is now you get to play with him, that's a pretty cool yeah, opportunity to be there. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Take me uh, – so you had some conversations with Power, had some conversations with Killer Threes. Take me to draft night. It was a little bit unprecedented in how things went down. There's supposed to be a combine. Combine didn't necessarily come to fruition. But take me to draft night a little bit. What were some of the expectations and, and kind of what were you doing on that night um, just in the moment? Uh, listen, man, I've, I've been playing a long time. <laughs> so I just uh, – I wasn't really nervous. I was just kind of like uh, whatever happens is, is supposed to happen. That's kind of how I, I live my life, bro. And uh, when it came to the combine, I had took a last-minute gig to go play in South America in Uruguay uh, with the team that was in the championship. And we ended up winning the championship. Oh, nice. Um, so I was supposed to go to the combine, I think it was on the 18th of May mm -hmm. or something like that. And, uh, I was gone. So I was like, I may miss the combine, but then I see they changed it and then they changed it again and then they ended up canceling it. So, uh, it ended up helping me in my favor by not having to show up because I was gone overseas. Um, but then by the time we won the championship, I was able to come home on the second. So the day that the draft was, I literally flew home that morning 
um, and was able to watch it with my family. So that was that was dope. Oh, cool. So did you actually yeah. like wait a day to figure out the results or did, did somebody actually, uh, or I guess they no. probably called you and let you know. Yeah, they let me know. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Yeah. Man, that's a cool experience. It wasn't your first time being drafted. Uh, you got drafted back in the, the 2015 D-League draft to Bakersfield Jam. How does this time of being drafted compare to that time of being drafted? Because at that time, it was kind of like the start of your career, whereas now you're like, you know, you're really ingrained into the sport of basketball. You're a vet at this point. Yeah, so uh, I graduated college in 2013. So that was, I was still a little wet behind the ears, man. I was trying to figure <laughs> it out, uh, trying to understand like this basketball life and figure figure it all out, man. So um, now I'm, I'm a little more established in my confidence, you know what I'm saying? So uh, however the draft would have went, I would have been fine. Um, I'm, I'm grateful that, that I got cho- chosen, uh, and I know what I can what I can provide to a team. So I, I knew the the minute I got drafted, I was like, okay, it's it's, it's time to work. But uh, before in the G League, I, I was just nervous, bro. I didn't know. I really I didn't know what what it all entailed, bro. So um, it's I'm I'm in a completely different mind mindset than I was back then. But it's it's all it's all a blessing, bro. For sure. Um, you're entering your first year in the big three. I know that you said you're from Dallas. You're playing in a few different places this year. Getting to go back on tours, you're going to get to play in a number of places. Anywhere that you're excited to play in in this first year? Uh, definitely Dallas. Uh, I used to go to the American Airlines Center all the time, watch the Mavericks and Dirk and Michael Finley and mm-hmm. uh, Cedric Sabalos. Like I, I'm aging myself a little bit, but I used to watch. <laughs> I used to watch all that. Uh, we of course we weren't at the at the games because my, you know what I'm saying, we didn't have money like that to go to all mm-hmm. the Mavericks games, but just watching them on TV and knowing American Airlines Center and stuff like that, I'm, I'm super excited to play there. Um, and then I just saw that they put it in uh, the Barclays Center in Brooklyn. I've Man. never been there. Uh, I've been to the Garden before, but I've never been to the Barclays, so it's gonna be dope. Um, yeah, I just, you know what I'm saying, got a, got a couple places where I got homies and friends and uh, stuff like that. Uh, my 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 national teammate, Akil Mitchell, got picked up by the Power. Yeah. Um. So I get to play play with him or, or against him. Um. And I know he's from Carolina, so it'll be dope to be able to. You know what I'm saying? Uh, play yeah. him in in his hometown and whatnot. So. For sure. Yeah, and uh, I'm not sure if you're a big fan of the UK. If you've played in the UK before, but it'd be cool to play there this year because they're playing the championship. No, so. Uh... For sure. Yeah. Listen, I hope we can make it, man. <laughs> I feel like. I feel like our team is locked in from what I've uh, talked to from from the guys I've talked to so far and whatnot. I feel like we're locked in. So um, hopefully we do make it to that point because that'd be super dope. Yeah. And what I can say is too, just from an outside perspective and, and getting to interview a few of these guys that are your teammates now is that Killer Threes has really established his culture in, in the in the big three, unlike any other team, you know, especially yeah. I think it started with Stack when he was a captain there. But then when he brought in Frank and Frank took the reins, they've really established like this bond, this brotherhood and this culture. What are some of the uh, early indications or like the early understandings that you've, you know, kind of understood about this culture and how do you feel like you're going to fit into, uh, you know, this killer threes mentality? Uh, man, no pun intended. We got some killers, bro. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's, I feel like uh, I just saw Frank and, and Don went crazy in the drew this past, mm-hmm. uh, this past weekend. And uh, here in Dallas, we got a program called Swin City. Mm-hmm. Um, and we just started up too, and we play, uh, next, next Wednesday. So, um, it's, it's, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's all, it's all revving up, uh, getting ready to go. And I feel like everybody's locked in and, and, uh, ready to play hard, man. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, for fans, maybe not familiar with your game, what can fans expect from you this year? Can you describe the type of player you are outside of just catching bodies, but what do you bring to the table every game? 
Oh man. Uh or how would you describe it in your eyes? I'm efficient, bro. Um mm-hmm. I'm very efficient with the way I play, with the way I think the game. Uh I'm I'm a veteran, not just in my game, but in my mentality. Uh I know uh Oakley's probably gonna be tough on us, but I'm you know what I'm saying I'm 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 from a tough place. So mm-hmm. um I'm used to that and I and I'm I'm just ready to to uh, work out. I, I know a lot of a lot of people won't a lot of fans, I would say, won't know my game, but I'm almost positive that a lot of players uh in the big three know who I am or they they played against me or heard about me. So um if not, they they will. Uh, and that's just how I feel. I like that. I like that. And and two, uh just thinking about the three on three game, obviously three on three is what every Hooper probably plays growing up, like in their backyard or whatever the case may be. But you feel like there's like any early adjustments? Do you feel like this three on three style fits your game just a little bit better? I mean, what's kind of the the mindset or even the, the strategic play that you have going into your first game? Oh man, I'm I'm just gonna I'm just gonna play my game, man. Uh, the first game we play against uh, um, Justin Dittman's team, correct? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And and I know that all of those players or the players on that team that I know they know me, so uh, they they know my my playing style. Um, Deshaun is on that team now too, so they know my playing style. So I'm gonna just be myself, man. Uh, be aggressive, um, play hard defense like I always do, uh, and just uh, hopefully we we mesh well in the first game and it, and it starts off on a high note. Yeah, I think it's kind of good too. Like Deshaun, uh, you know, obviously was a big three All Star last year. You know, he made his felt, presence felt Justin and and has made his presence felt in this league since he's come on as an undrafted player. Obviously, they they're captained by Jay Rich over there. So there's a lot of expectations on Tri-State's end, being a number one team a couple of years ago, not making the playoffs last year. And now for you just to be able to come in and obviously kill with threes, they have a long history as well of being successful, making it to the championship game. But for you being the only new guy on the team, I mean, might might be a little bit of relief coming into a league where it's like they know you, but they don't maybe like not only fans, but maybe everybody in the league might not know really what to expect within your first game i mean is there any sense of relief just coming in kind of being the new guy uh it's never relief bro i always got a chip on mm-hmm. my shoulder just because i feel like I feel you know, i've always been i've always been an underdog uh in a lot of a lot of cases i went division one but it wasn't like super high major and i did my thing uh left my mark on the record books and everything like that so um i've always had to build my build my own brand and build my name so this is just another challenge uh where i got to build it up again and and um, almost positive by the end of this season, everybody will know who who I am. I like that. I like that. Um, you mentioned Coach Oak. The craziest thing about this league, and I think it's really underrated factor, is that you're getting to learn and be coached by and guided by Hall of Famers, historic names in, in basketball. Your coach is going to be Charles Oakley, like you mentioned. What are your kind of your thoughts of just like being coached by Charles Oakley, even not just as a player, but even maybe as a fan, like growing up in the game of basketball. Yeah, bro, uh, that's big time. Um, I didn't start playing basketball until later, uh, like at a, at a high level and on teams and whatnot, and didn't take it really serious. But I watched basketball my whole life. My pops used to play, um, and so I, I I know all of the coaches. I know all of their names and and, and all of their games. I watched more film than anybody I know. Uh, so it's super dope to be able to to uh, be coached by by these guys or, or play against uh, these guys. Um, I was able to play against Isaiah Thomas in college, and that also was like something that was uh, super dope. He was at Florida International, I think, at the time. Okay. Uh, so it's just something that uh, is just something that that I that I think is a blessing, bro. Um, and I just never take it for granted, and I'm just gonna uh, 
just just work, just work out and 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 prove that I should be playing in front of these guys because they sure. they've made their marks already. Yeah, yeah, it's it's pretty crazy, honestly. I feel like there's a lot to learn from these people, and I feel like that's a super underrated aspect of being drafted. I mean, to put it in perspective, and I don't think enough people put this in perspective. Maybe you have, but just to give you another perspective, like only 20 people selected in this draft every year. A lot of them are vets. A lot of them are, you know, maybe they know somebody, but 20 people are selected within this draft every year. You're one of, you know, you're one fifth of the draft when it's drafted. So pretty insane that, you know, you get to join this league now and, and your first game of the year, like you mentioned, is going to get to be a tri against Tri-State. Um, I know you've had some early conversations with some of your teammates, but I know everyone's still busy kind of ramping up for the season. Have you been watching maybe any old footage of Tri-State? And is there anything that's maybe, if so, is there anything that stood out as maybe a point of emphasis that you want to personally take advantage of or even, you know, try to defend and stop? Oh, yeah, man. Uh, I'm just just watching film about the uh, spacing, uh, mm -hmm. how guys are how guys are, are attacking the three-on-three, because three, it's not five-on-five. Five, it's completely different with the spacing. Um, so just how guys are attacking it. I, I watched uh, – Dewan Summers, uh, his highlights last year and how he was playing, he, he did great. Uh, he lives here in Dallas as well, so mm -hmm. um, I got to see him training and talk to him a little bit last year, um, and just seeing how how he went about it, it was it was a good uh, a good season for him uh, initially how how he started, um, but just watching film on I watched the the, the finals last year uh, between Power and Trilogy and uh, just watching how they how they attacked and and uh spacing and just how how everything moved i like that yeah it's gonna be i don't know i don't I don't feel like it'll be too much of a shock for for guys that are veterans and play professionally but too yeah just kind of getting adjusted a little bit in those first few instances will be yeah will be major for sure um as you as you kind of going into this first year what are you most excited about like from a non-basketball perspective like obviously like you guys are taking a lot of your I don't want to say you're taking a lot, but I'm saying like most guys like relax in the summer, especially playing overseas. It's a lot of traveling, uh, you know, not just to get overseas, but while you're playing overseas, you might go to different countries and whatnot. What are you looking forward to most about this summer, just from a non-basketball perspective? Oh, man. Oh, good question. First, this is my first time uh, since I played in the G League playing in the U.S. Mm -hmm. um, of course, I played Drew League, uh, um, a couple times with a team called Notion X, and I think they're now uh, task force. Um, I played pro-amps here in Dallas. I played pro-amps around uh, like Houston and different cities. So I've been around playing summer ball in the States, but like actually playing um, in a in a, a actual league here, um, a respected league, and, and my family being able to come, my pops being able to come watch however many games he wants and stuff like that is, is, uh, is something super dope to me, uh, being able to travel to some of these cities I haven't been in in a while just because uh, like you said, being overseas, when I come home, I'm I'm ready to be at home and just <laughs> chill with my family and, and relax a little bit. But uh, yeah, being able to just travel around and then being able to come back and and, and see my son, see my see my family, see my wife, and and uh, just relax. No doubt. Yeah, I think I think that's the coolest aspect too is just getting to play in front of your family. Like especially like uh, I feel like a lot of guys who join this league or their first time playing, like they they are new dads or you know they just had their their first child and. Not a lot of get them get to see like their early playing days. So then for them to be able to kind of see you in your prime uh, as a veteran is like a really key, like cool aspect about the big three. And I think it brings a lot to the table um, from that front too. Two more questions. One, how does it feel that your boss is is Ice Cube? <laughs> no, that's dope, man. Uh, so <laughs> my, my family and my wife's family, they're, 
like uh, my parents and whatnot, they're around the same age as Ice Cube. So uh, them seeing them, him call my name on, on the on the night of the draft was super dope. And they always like mention it to me, like, "Yo, Ice Cube said your name." Like, isn't that it? Make little jokes, like, "Yeah, oh, you gonna be in the next Friday," like stuff like that. <laughs> uh, but no, nah, it's dope, man. Uh, of course, everybody looked up to Ice Cube. I'm, I was born in '91, bro. So, oh yeah, man, he was hot. He was super yeah. hot. And my whole childhood and everything. So, uh, no, nah, it's it's dope, man. It's just uh. It's just a, another another part of my life that I could be like, thank God that I got to experience uh, this situation, man. Because you know, what I'm saying people never get to to experience certain stuff, uh, even when it comes to like traveling and all the stuff that I've been able to experience. Thank God, bro. I'm just just grateful, man. Facts, facts. Is there a favorite Friday movie that that you have, or maybe like that's like a family household staple? Oh man, the original is is definitely. This is Friday, bro. It's Thank on you. TV all the time. But, yeah. But uh, Friday after next might be the funniest, bro. To me, it might be the funniest. But the original Friday is is, is a classic. But Friday after next might be the funniest one. I, I think you're right about that one. I don't know. Something about that first one always hits like yeah, differently yeah. a little bit. Just being Definitely. the first one, getting introduced yeah. to the characters. But I feel you. The second one might be the funniest. It's a good. No, no, no. The third, the third, the third. Or one. the third one. Third yeah. one. That's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, last question I wanted to ask is anyone that you're excited to go against or even guard on a one-on-one scenario, a lot of, a lot of ISO ball, obviously in this league, depending on style of play, a lot of teams go to that at certain points and the shot clock being a little bit shorter, anybody you're excited to go against or defend in this league? Uh, not really. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I just, just everybody's, I feel like it's an even playing field, man. Um, I, I, I'm the kind of guy, I don't, I don't care about the name. It's, you got to bring your game. So. Um, it it really doesn't matter, man. We all in the same playing field now. It don't matter where where guys went to 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 school. It don't matter how many years guys played in the league. This and that. If we suiting up against each other right now. We suiting up. So, uh, may the best man win. We got to do. What we got to do and play. And then yeah. afterwards, we can chop it up and, and be cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what the league's about. Yeah. I know I said last question, or I might have said last question, but one more thing to ask. This is a probably just from my perspective, the most even playing field that I've seen in the league's history. What are your thoughts, just like early early thoughts from a high-level overview about the rosters and how you see this league or this year playing out? Oh, man, I've seen uh, just in this draft alone, I saw a lot of names that I know or that I've played against. Uh, so, I mean, it's exciting. I just – I feel like everybody's going to bring it just because um, everybody's going to know somebody who who they're playing against or playing with. Um, so guys are going to compete. And, and it's, it's pride on the line. It's money on the line. Uh, and dudes really want to want to compete and want to win. So uh, I feel like there's there's a lot of guys who are going who are going to give their all, and uh, hopefully everybody does. But um, it's going to make support super entertaining season, bro. And uh, and I'm excited for it. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. Well, Javier, good luck on your first game, June 25th. Appreciate your time and coming on, and best of luck in your first year as a rookie. Once again, <laughs> a rookie once again in the big three. Appreciate the time. For sure, I appreciate you, man. Yes, sir. All right, that was our interview with Killer3's new addition, Javier Carter. Just want to say a big thank you to Javier once again. It was really cool just to, to meet you, get to know you, and understand, you know, what you're excited about for this big three season and and what you're going to bring to the table. I'm sure a lot of fans were interested. Like I said, there's a ton of new additions to the, to the league, but I don't think these are – I guess, like, I should say that, like, I don't think there's as many – prominent names or like well-known names in terms of guys that were drafted uh, maybe in, uh, in comparison to prior years. So 
yeah, I think this is cool. Appreciate it a lot, Javier. I'm rooting for you. Rooting for Killer Threes as always. You know, you get to fit that. I think you fit that Killer Threes culture very well and just like grit and about action. So excited to see what Killer Threes does and in, in that highly anticipated game against Tri-State. Again, thank you to you all who continue to listen, who are following on social media. If you're new to the show, welcome to the show and thanks for joining in. I'll definitely have more of these podcasts out as the weeks or as the season's actually going on. This is going to be more of a weekly thing, but you know, just to keep just to give you some transparency throughout the longest off season and sports, you know, I, I kind of do these things like once a month, but as the season goes on, these things start gearing up. Hopefully we get some more player interviews, get to meet some of the more new guys in the league and maybe get some old vets on that we haven't had on in a while, you know, some recurring guests, but uh, other than that, make sure you're following again on, on Twitter, on Instagram, make sure you subscribe on YouTube, big shout out to bleep and we'll see you guys next time. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.